Welcome to Create Shift, the podcast where we talk about burnout. Hosted by me, Ellen Carr. And me, Kate Banks. We're the burnout coaches and together we run the good space, supporting you to heal from burnout and move out of the burnout cycle. If you're ready to rip up the rules and create a life in which you can thrive, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, welcome back to Create Shift and you may have picked up from that introduction that we've had a little bit of shift of our own and we've shifted our focus to be all about burnout. So the good space is now a space supporting women and organisations to heal from burnout and also to move away from and out of the burnout cycle. So we are the burnout coaches and we are drawing a lot from our own personal experience with burnout over the past 10 plus years as well as our coaching training that really our burnouts led us to and our own personal development work and our experience of working both within organisations and as freelance or self-employed individuals to provide this burnout support. So lots of exciting things to tell you about really. Um, We've got a new website which has just launched um, today, which is the day I'm recording. We've just hit live on it so it's very exciting so please go and have a look it's still the same address the good-space.com but it's had a redesign a revamp and it's now focusing all about burnout so please head over there have a look um we've still got our newsletter and that is still going to be continuing to support and inspire you on your journey now through burnout and beyond burnout so please join that if you if you're listening and you feel like you'd like some support with your your burnout recovery journey And if you are feeling like you're after that support and you'd like to be part of a supportive community, we have a free community on Facebook. It's Create a Good Life. And I'll put the link, um, (laughs) I will put the link in the show notes below. Tried to say put and pop at the same time. Didn't work. Pop, did it again. We'll put the link in the show notes below and uh, you can come over and join the community. We'd love to have you there. We do some free live sessions, uh, chatting about different uh, resources, ways we can support ourselves, sharing our experience. So it's a lovely place to be and we'd love to have you. So I think that's all to say for now. Um, Oh, and also to let you know that our burnout coaching packages, we have two of them. We've got one uh, as a one-off pause session and we've got a three-month coaching container, which is a reset session. And at the moment, they are very heavily discounted to celebrate the launch of our new website. They're over 50% off for each of them for bookings made um, in June. So if you're at all interested in working with us and to have support on your burnout journey and your recovery, go and have a look because the price is such a good deal that you're getting and we'd love to work with you. So I'll put the link in the show notes below. Do have a look do book on, do book a free curiosity call if you're at all interested. There's never any pressure to buy. Um, But if you've got questions and you're interested, we'd love to speak to you. And I think I will leave you to enjoy the episode. Hi. So in the podcast today, we're going to do things a bit differently. Ellen's going to tell us a bit about her story around burnout, about her experiences and what she's learned from it and where she is now. So Ellen, should we just jump straight straight in? When did you first realise about like burnout was actually a thing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm like I think I've known that it's a thing. You know, like in general, I've known about it for um, 
quite a long time. I think sort of, so I think I've been like in cycles of burnout, like pretty much since I started working, you know, probably actually even when I was at uni, um, if we're being honest, um, I reckon. But I think in those early years, like, so in my 20s, I think like saying I'm burnt out was like one of those answers to things that you have, you know, like when people say, oh, how are you? And you're like, I'm so busy or like, oh, I'm really burnt out right now. Like it was one of those, like it was a bit of like flippant. So I maybe didn't know the truth of it or like I saw it as more of a surface or like a lighter thing, I guess. Um Yeah. Whereas, you know, so I'd be like doing things like um, pushing. So because I was making theatre with my theatre company um, whilst working alongside that, I'd be kind of doing project based stuff. So working on a show. So I'd be like pushing to the project um, to complete it. And then and then having this like period of like real kind of depletion afterwards and that was kind of the norm so I think like I was stuck in that and I think that's the same like at uni like pushing for like deadlines or you've got like a show coming up you know whether I was doing it with like the drama society or whether I was doing like a performance with my drama degree or whatever so like pushing 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 through to the thing and, and then like having that time where you like completely collapse and like you probably get ill and get a cold so I think like I was in that cycle but I don't know if I would have called it that cycle even though I would have maybe answered people's questions with oh I'm really burnt out Yeah, and it's funny how it, as you said, it becomes this kind of accepted state that Mm. we work in these burnout cycles and that we just accept that we push and push and push and then we collapse at the end, have a rest, then get back on the cycle. Mm. And you talked about you had many cycles of this. Did your experience of burnout change as you went through these cycles? What you mean, did the way I experienced it change? Yes. Um. I mean, I think the biggest shifts that I've noticed have been in recent years. Um, So I was sort of, actually, I'm just thinking now. So there was, there was one project that I did. um, I think this might've been a combination of things though. So it was a theatre project that I did that kind of was a real failure, which is fine. Like saying it now, because like, learned a lot from it and things um but at the time it was it was really awful um and it was like I I kind of had to like I guess I kind of had to try to like numb out my feelings about what was happening because we had to do the show and we had to push it out we had to do it and it felt awful so I kind of had to like block myself off and then afterwards I um I just felt so awful like I couldn't I just felt so exhausted. I felt like I couldn't do anything. I felt really unwell, but there was nothing really wrong with me. Exactly. I just felt completely depleted, completely exhausted. And I think I was, you know, sort of feeling quite like low mood wise. And and I guess that was, that's maybe one of the more, yeah, intense experiences I've had. Um, and, and that's a lot tied up into, you know, stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about on the podcast in the future more 
ideas of success and ambition and what you're meant to be doing and how you're meant to achieve and then not meeting those and therefore then the effects of that as well as the effects of pushing and working really hard but then other than that I'd say like the biggest shifts were were in recent years during the pandemic and I think I went into the pandemic with an already depleted nervous system and then the pandemic as it has for I think most of us has really affected our nervous system so that we're in a state probably now where our nervous systems are um a bit shaky and a bit depleted and and like we need to do some stabilization and 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 uh so like I think the the most the worst experience for me where I was like oh this is this is really bad (laughs) and I like something's got to change was just last year when I was doing some freelance work and it was um just really uh not healthy and and very stressful and lots of different factors and I ended up um getting shingles on my face and I think like that and then I was exhausted and and stuff for months but I think that experience of like having this real like physical manifestation of something like on my face as well like where it's like really present um was like a big shift I think did anyone around you in, in any of these cycles of burnout, did anyone around you offer any support or guidance or kind of pick up on the fact that you were in this cycle? Um, so last year, definitely uh, my partner did and he noticed and he actually has reflected back that he's never seen me like that before ever. Mm. And it was it was really bad and really damaging. So he reflected that and and kind of helped me see that I should leave because that's what I I like left the the work that I was doing um and I was in therapy at the time as well so my therapist helped me see that actually I could I could stop doing the work um previously yeah uh I think my partner's a kind of he's sort of the opposite to me in uh in some ways in that he's got he's finds it really easy to relax and and kind of just not really do much uh and I've always had this drive to do things and do projects and things like that so it's quite nice because we can balance each other out so I think he's often felt that like I've been doing too much or like stressing out too much or whatever and when I've been working on projects and things um so I think he's often sort of noticed that but I guess it's never been as bad as it as as last year um so so I think people have noticed or just been like, oh, you do so much. But I, I don't think there's ever been a, um, I guess it's always been like, well, it's your choice sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Or like that's how you are. And was there any help available in any of the organisations or companies that you worked for or any of the projects that you were on? Um. No, so this is interesting actually because I think burnout's like a really big thing in the theatre industry. And with my company, Hearth and See Now, we're doing quite a lot of work around um, well-being in that and sort of looking at when we do work, providing um, well-being practitioners to support the people making the work. But that wasn't any, ever anything that we we thought about previously or um, I think it's becoming a bit more of a thing in the industry, but it wasn't when we were making work previously so the norm was always to just do these really intense crazy hours and push and it's like oh yeah if you do a 12-hour day well yeah 
you know that's what that's what you do um so I think there was that kind of toxicity there and then uh yeah I guess in actual workplaces that I've worked for um Mm, you know I've worked in a variety of different places so I've worked in like shop work where obviously there's nothing um I've worked for a, a student's union which is a charity um and they were quite good on on sort of providing like flexibility and uh like staff well-being days and things like that um and then the organization I was working for last time I was working as a freelancer so yeah there wasn't there wasn't really any support uh I think even when I mentioned some issues that I was having there there wasn't really there's to an extent of like bringing more people in but then I was responsible for managing those people so yeah uh. and it's an interesting one freelancers isn't it because if you're part of an organization as a permanent employee you've got access to their kind of whatever their well-being policies mm. are um you know we've talked before about this being a bit of an hr sticking plaster but at least there was something there but when you come in as a contractor you're kind of outside of that you you really have no support network the companies often just absolve their responsibility to look after your well-being and to protect you yeah absolutely and i i guess that's that's something that you have to think about in relation to fees as a freelancer because you need to think about are your fees high enough to cover the fact that you don't get paid um, sick days and you don't get paid holidays? So therefore you can't just look at what a daily rate equivalent might be for somebody on the salaried position doing what you're going in to do because they're getting that stuff paid for. And then also like, is it high enough to allow you to pay for things like therapy or coaching if you need it? I guess, you know, that's, and that's an interesting thing, I guess, to to think about and not an easy thing necessarily. Mm But that's something to think about. And then I like I think the other thing that I sort of reflected on last year is is kind of a personal responsibility um, in in allowing things to get to, to that point. So I'm not saying that we're responsible for our burnout. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I'm, I'm not saying that because there's so much societal conditioning. Mm-hmm. So I think there's so much conditioning that leads us into sorts of beliefs that we have you know especially around like productivity and needing to prove our worth and needing to please everybody um and and so that societal conditioning then probably interacts with uh, our own stories that have built up um you know whether that's relating to past uh stories and or traumas or or whatever personal history we've got that's then sort of created these beliefs for ourselves so that's all intersecting um and so that's like none of that is our fault so I'm not saying that but then I guess I guess where we have the responsibility is to to create the change and I guess that's the thing so like I can notice that uh you know last year for example my lack of boundaries or or lack of being able to to defend my boundaries contributed to that my feeling of wanting to please everybody or or kind of these things contributed um so I think like that's an important thing as well um and I think 
and that was all, all through the kind of cycles over the past what like decade has been you know a lot of like needing to prove myself and needing to be seen to be successful and needing to go down a certain path and needing to to have these ambitions and etc so uh it is I think you didn't even ask this I don't know where I'm going now is it is even with the um the way out I suppose is with the uh awareness you've got to have the self-awareness and then you've got to have the you've got to be willing to create change internally because so it's what, not just externally I guess so do you do you remember what that trigger point was for you that awareness that this is not okay and it has to change because you talk about the experience last year as it sounds like that was kind of the pivotal point of when mm. things really started changing was there a particular thing that happened where you thought that it, this has to stop and change I mean I think the thing that really gave me the confidence to to do that was how everything was happening in the final few weeks of this project that I was working on and uh the things that were happening that were not okay (laughs) and I was talking to other people who had maybe some of them had more experience than me in in this kind of work um and they were like this is not okay like everybody was saying this is not okay (laughs) so everybody in that in that work was like this is this is awful like these things shouldn't be happening um so I guess I kind of felt a sense of justification I suppose a little bit but I I think yeah so I think that was helpful and I think like asking people that I wanted advice from for advice is important (laughs) like of um yeah asking like should I do this like can I do this so I think yeah I think it was a combination of the stuff that was happening that I was like no I cannot stand for this like this is really really bad um and having like tried to make some change and that not nothing really happening um coupled with probably just all of the work that I've been doing over like the past few years you know in the coaching group where we met um but also like previous to that kind of self-development stuff the yoga but it's like building that self-awareness building the awareness that thing that you can create change that that you can live differently building that inner strength and the inner resource I guess um and then like having the therapy uh all of that sort of supported me to be able to step away can you talk through some of the other changes you made in through the burnout recovery process to get yourself back onto an even kilter Mm, yeah I think I'm still getting there to be honest Mm, and I guess I have to remind myself of that just like you know I had COVID in March and I can still feel really tired and I think it's a combination of of the past few years and having COVID and the burnout it's like uh constantly having to remember you know and so I think self-compassion has been a really big one and I'm still working with a therapist so I think that's been really helpful um I've been doing a lot of uh restorative yoga and and yin yoga which are the slower practices and and really 
incorporating rest more into my days because I would notice when I didn't do that what was happening and, and how like maybe my sleep was affected if I hadn't taken the time to do maybe like a yoga nidra or a 20 minutes restorative pose in the day or something so like again really being curious I suppose about what I was experiencing and 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 really you know using my awareness and knowledge of of our nervous systems and the study that I've done so that's been really helpful to kind of go yeah this is what I think is like maybe happening to me or like and then yeah uh and then just again continuing with my practices that help me connect to myself so yoga meditation journaling and and the therapy and and, and being able to notice my beliefs um uh and and so for example just yesterday I noticed that uh so I'd gone out for a meeting in the in the morning and it was like an hour's journey there and an hour's journey back and and I had scheduled to do some follow-up work from that meeting in the afternoon and then I, I got to the afternoon and I felt that I couldn't do it and it was fine because I didn't need to it wasn't like a deadline it's just something that I'd set for myself I thought oh, I'll, I'll try and do this um I was just really exhausted uh and and I did still find myself feeling frustrated maybe or a little bit like almost like there was a thing that I was thinking oh maybe I should be feeling bad I was sort of on the edge uh, because I haven't been able to do this amount of work like I've not I'm not able to work the amount of hours I used to be able to I'm not able to push through and I was able to see that and and go okay well I don't even want to work the amount of hours that I used to work because I don't think that's healthy um and I don't think I need to feel bad because it's like it's fine so it's I it's just really using that awareness I guess and helping myself and just having like loads of compassion I guess when mm. when you don't have the awareness and when you do push through and like being curious and noticing and testing things out I suppose. Mm. So what advice would you give to someone if they recognize that they're in this cycle of overworking and like completely collapsing and then back into the overwork what would be the kind of key message to give them to try and get their way out of it? Hmm. I guess the key thing, the first thing that comes to my mind is it doesn't have to be like this. And I suppose that's the first thing that you have to believe because as long as you believe that this is just the way things are, this is how people do things, then you're just allowing that to be okay uh so I guess you have to get to the point where you feel like you believe that there's another way and I suppose one good way to do that is to start looking at other people who are doing things differently um whether that's through podcasts or books or social media like can be really great for seeing people who uh are living the way that you would love to see because it helps you show that see that it's possible right so it's not like the people putting fake stuff about dream lives or whatever but like the people who are working differently or doing stuff differently so that can be really helpful so I guess bolstering the belief that it doesn't have to be this way is probably the first thing and then you can start looking at well what other way do I want it to be and then you can start looking at the beliefs and then you can start like challenging stuff and 
doing the work, I guess. So what would be the change that you'd want to see in the world, the way that organisations support individuals and how our culture supports individuals? It's a big question. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think... I think trust is a really big thing and that's something I've noticed in organisations to be really detrimental is the lack of trust um, across different structures in the organisation, the hierarchies and things, as well as, uh, you know, yeah, facilitating self-trust and that's it culturally and and organisationally. I mean, the whole of capitalism as we have it would need to end but um, you know for that like commercial commercial society and stuff like doesn't doesn't point us towards self-trust because that's not beneficial so um yeah so I think that's a really big thing because if there's trust uh within organizations then that allows you to trust yourself and to trust your body so then you can go oh you know what my body's telling me that um I've actually pushed a bit too much recently so I'm just going to like ease off a bit and I'm going to do like some less hours or I'm going to just you know do the easier tasks at the moment and then like there's that trust there of like all that project that you've got to do will get done because you know yourself yeah I guess that's one of the main things yeah no I think I agree it's such a massive thing and no one performs well when they're being micromanaged and watched and Mm. you know being told what to do the whole time it is that real feeling of having that self-trust that we know how to work the way that feels good for us and that we are our most productive in a way that is very unique to us it's it's not in this kind of define nine to five sitting at a desk pattern for everyone so yeah no I think I think I agree with you the trust is such a big piece Mm. so thank you for sharing so much of your journey and I'm sure that we'll dip into it again Mm. in many other podcasts is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with as a final word um I guess a final thing is to I guess to, to like not feel ashamed of of experiencing burnout or feeling that way um and to know that it's okay because I guess one of the worst things as well when it happens is that we can then judge ourselves and be really critical to ourselves especially if we're the kind of person who who you know feels like they can always do a lot and achieve loads which if you've got to the point of burnout you're likely to be um so it can be doubly hard then to to you know recover and start to find a way out and a, a way away from it if you're if you're being really judgmental so I guess it's a compassion again thing so yeah thanks Kate thank you and we'll be back one day in the future and I'll interview you okay look forward to it (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to create shift we hope you found it inspiring and supportive if you're enjoying this podcast please consider taking a moment to leave us a review and a rating and to share the episode with a friend. For more from us and to sign up to our newsletter, head to thegood-space.com.